Hello and welcome. I'm Sofiko and this is Creative Minds Speaking, a podcast where I have conversations with creative industry professionals, bringing into the spotlight those incredible people who are behind the scenes of art and entertainment is the main goal of this podcast. On today's episode, I'm very happy to chat with Shelby Charging. Shelby is the founder at Girls Behind the Rock Show organization. She also works at the talent agency in the branding department. Hi, Shelby. So happy to have you today. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, me too. I'm so, so happy to have you. I can't wait to hear your story. Um, so let's start with your background. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Ohio, in the Cleveland area, and um, I started going to shows. It started off with a, a band called All Time Low, their show in 2008. I had seen other concerts before, but this is really how I got into music. And I was there, and I just totally fell in love. It was like a three to 400 cap room. It was sweaty and gross and silly, and the whole time was just so fun, and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I saw people running around, tour managing, selling merch, being like, you can do this for a living? What? So I got really, really into it. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is where I want to be. So after that, I kind of came up in the Warp Tour alternative scene where I volunteered at Warped every summer. I took every like high school internship possible. I did a lot of journalist, journalistic stuff. Um, and then when I graduated high school, I went to Arizona state for college and I did a lot of like journalist internships there and a lot of music marketing internships and just anything I could get my hands on. I was going to every show possible. I think by the time between 2008 and 2014, by the time I graduated college, I had been to some like 500 concerts or something like that. Like I just went. Um, both paid and not paid. Like I just kept going and kept going until I, you know, exhausted myself. And then um, from there, it was just about moving forward and, and, and figuring out my next steps. So I stayed in Arizona for about six months, lived out my lease, moved to LA, uh, had a job with uh, this alternative radio station. And it wasn't the most female friendly experience I had ever had. Um, and I had had a podcast called Girl, Girl Behind the Rock Show there, um, but they decided not to re-up it, and, which is fine. But then I kind of figured out that like there was this missing space for like young women in music to be served. And so that's kind of how I got to where I am today. I've also worked in like the major digital marketing sector with brands like AT&T, HBO, stuff like that. And now my current role is um, doing brand partnerships at one of the talent agencies. This is such an incredible story. So would you say that your passion for this um, like live shows and everything is something that brought you into the music industry or there is something else? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination. I think it was the passion for live shows, my passion for fandom, and just for, like, the community around music was really what wanted me to be a part of it. I think it's like... um you know, I was a neurodivergent kid. So I grew up, you know, with like really bad ADHD and just like I struggled with friends and relationships a lot. And the music community was really what helped 
helped me overcome a lot of that. And so I'm still friends with some of the people that I met at that show in 2008 till this day, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where like, I kind of had to figure out my social path in life. And that led me to my professional career path, which made me more passionate about it because it was like, well, if it did this for me, imagine all the other people it could help. And that's kind of what. Love it. Love it. Stuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you mentioned a little bit on about a girl behind the rock show already, but let's talk more specifically about it. uh, What this community is about. Um, How did you come up with this project? And also, did you expect for it to become such a big community? Well, I'm going to answer that one question right away. No, I did not. (laughs) I did not. (laughs) So there's that answer. Um, No, but really, um, once once the podcast didn't get re-upped and I kind of sat there and and, and I was dealing with a lot of uh, different situations, I was just kind of like, you know, there's there's a time in life for for everything. And this seems like the time that we should be talking about this problem. So me and um, the girl who founded it with me, she's no longer with the company anymore. We we sat and, and talked about it for days. We had talked about like maybe creating a community like this before, even before we moved from Arizona to LA. And like, we, we really talked in depth about it. And um, then you know, the opportunity came up and we were just like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Like, let's, let's get it done. So the original idea was to raise money so girls could like get their careers funded, basically like their opportunities. And and unfortunately we still haven't been able to do that, even though it is the main goal of a company. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as we grow and get bigger and more recognition that the, that type of money will come because the internship program we want to run is basically like providing housing for people who can't afford it to come mm-hmm. live in LA, New York, Dallas, wherever, Miami, wherever, and to be able to like actually do their internships without taking out loans, going into debt about it for um, musicians or music business professionals? Music business people. Music business people. I mean, we definitely want to help artists, but I have a firm belief that the goal of Girls Behind the Rock Show is really behind the scenes, which is why it's called Behind the Rock Show. Um, And the the reason that is so important to me is because I believe that it's amazing when you see female representation in artists, right? We need both. We need more of both. But our focus is a lot more on the people in the background and not because we're like, oh, we, you know, don't care about artists, but because we do. Like, I I have a firm belief that if you are a young woman in music and coming up, but you're managed by five white men, your experience is going to be not as easy as if you were had a team of women behind you who understood your insecurities, how you're feeling, what it sounds like when the press sits there and talks about your body and having people around you who can relate to the issues that you go through is so incredibly important. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it in these young women. We're seeing it in, you know, the Olivia Rodrigo's, the Sabrina Carpenter's. We're seeing it in in a lot of these situations where they're surrounding themselves with women on their teams. And you're seeing the effect that that has on their psyche and their ability to handle 
you know, because fame is, it's not an easy place to be. It's, you know, you do, you have a financial stability and that is also great, but the ability for people to have unadulterated opinions about your life 24 seven and not being able to access the public forum without seeing these opinions about your life is tough. And if you think about it in the context of young women, it's even worse. So our goal is to feed the industry with people who can relate to that, who will have the best interests of these young women at heart. Not that I'm saying all men in the industry don't, but I just think that, you know, there's there's something to be said for if you can't relate to an issue, you're not going to understand the person going mm-hmm. through it. Um, so we really want to start fixing that problem. And so when Girls Behind the Rocks started, it was kind of this like, well, what's the biggest issue that we see for young women getting into the community? And it's definitely that access point. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, dudes can go bro out on a tour or hang with their homies and get connections and stuff like that. And for girls, you know, you tend to get siphoned over to the fandom side of things. You tend to, you know, get treated as if you are a um, trophy to be there, not a important factor of the ecosystem especially especially young women who aren't in the industry yet and then women who do get into the industry have to fight like hell to get that respect so the look of it is is not great right now so we were like what's the what's the pain point and it's access so that's kind of where girls was born and we grew it it wasn't actually until a year after the company itself started that we started the facebook group I had a young woman on my team at the time named Shay, who is an amazing, amazing social media marketer. She's a young black woman. She doesn't work in music anymore. She's gotten to like the cosplay anime scene, which is also dope. Shout out Shay. I absolutely love her. Uh, Respect the hell out of her. She's amazing. Um, But she suggested uh, that we start the Facebook group. And I was a little bit nervous about it because at the time, Facebook groups are were really uncontrolled places. They were really opinionated and, and there weren't as many tools in them and there wasn't as much algorithm figured out yet. It was, it was in the early points of where we saw Facebook groups super popping off. Um, but before we knew it, there was like three months there was like a thousand people in there and then it got to two thousand and then it got to three thousand and then I was like okay we need to start like really curating the team and then the team started changing and then I had to change it from the volunteers who work on the company side to having different people running the Facebook group because doing both became exhausting and I had to step out of it for a while because I had to focus on like the actual growth of the company and so it just became this whole thing on its own and then we finally settled on now we have a team of admins and moderators and two of them are on the main team for the girls behind the rock show nonprofit side and we work uh concurrently with one another so we work you know alongside one another and the facebook group has now tripled in two years <laughs> to nine thousand people and we're probably gonna hit 10 before the end of march uh we add about 
50 people a week and maybe more. And it's all vetted. Everybody has to answer the same questions. Everybody has to get in. Or like I, if I meet you on a different social app and like, and I personally am like, oh, okay, this person's dope. And you asked about the group. I make you fill in like, hey, Shelby and I met on this app and she told me to come here. Um, but it's, uh, it's become this very big thing. And I, I truly wasn't expecting it. So yeah but it came out incredible uh i really love this community and would you say um this women problem that you mentioned already in your topic and basically like why you decided to start the this company like do you see improvements with the years comparing to how it was five years ago that's kind of hard to gauge and the reason why it's hard to gauge is because a lot of other companies have popped up doing very similar things to what we're doing, um, just in a different way. Um, so I think the awareness has definitely improved. The numbers themselves, I personally think probably still have a long way to go. But awareness and knowledge is where everything starts. And so I'm positive about that. I think over the past five years, the whole idea that like, you know, when I first started, <laughs> uh, when I first started, people really did not like me anymore. I lost a lot really? of friends. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were really angry. I had people telling me that I was pissing women who were already in the industry off that, I was, you know, being too loud. That the things I was saying it doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't now in 2021, but back in 2015 and 2016, it it has been a drastic difference. I think a lot of it is we live in a post Me Too movement world. We live in a post Trump world. We live in a world where at the beginning of Girls Behind the Rock show, you know. I I honestly didn't have much experience with intersectional feminism. I was still very much in like my white feminist phase. And not not that I knock myself for being there, um, but I definitely had to get myself checked a lot and I got checked very quickly. So my progressive views and my opinions changed way faster than a lot of the people around me. Um, and I, you know, the people who gave me criticism, I took their advice and I listened to them and I try to listen to them still. Like I personally believe that being a leader in any space is a, a duty and not a privilege. And that if you are a leader and you can't admit that you're wrong, then you shouldn't be a leader. Um, mm -hmm. So I encourage my team to, to call me out and tell me when I've crossed the line, when I've done things wrong. I'm not always going to get it right. And I'm, there are going to be times where like for the business reasons, I'm going to have to say, hey, even if this is feels wrong to you, like sometimes I got to do certain things just in the manner of I run a business. And uh, mm -hmm. despite it being a nonprofit, we still exist in a capitalist society. So there are certain things we're just going to have to deal with, um, which is hard. But my views really changed. And when that happened and I started calling people out for being performative or facetious or saying one thing and doing another and, and not allowing them just to look good for taking some type of stance, you know, people really slapped me on the wrist. I actually was unable to get a job in music for about two years. And so I pivoted my personal career to, I, I worked at reception and an office job for a while at a post-production studio, met a lot of great people there. 
met some really heavy hitters who were in the music and uh, producing space. And so they would come in and like work on some different post-production stuff. And I would meet them and I asked them advice and told them what I wanted to do. And, and some of them are still mentors to this day. I got really lucky there and just like took every opportunity I could to create a connection out of something. And, and, and then the next job I took was in a digital marketing agency where I worked on campaigns specifically catered to the LGBTQ, uh, black community, Hispanic community. All my bosses were women. All my bosses were women of color um, or people who identified with the LGBTQ community. And I'm bisexual myself. So that felt really cool. And so personally, I just kind of tried to take every, every setback as a lesson and run Girls Behind the Rock show at the same time by applying the knowledge that I learned from all the people around me to what it is now today. And we still sometimes, you know, are off about things. You know, the when when we talk about things like the gender binary, it's a really new experience for a lot of people. A lot of people don't understand gender diversity. And I still sometimes, if I'm being admittedly honest, don't understand it. So when we're trying to be more progressive in that movement, we've changed, you know, how we word what encapsulates gender diversity. Um, so many times on our website, we've changed our copy language because we just want to make sure we're being as inclusive as possible. And so the reason why I can't say that things have changed and numbers have changed is because the the scope of people that are needed to help have become more visible. And there's a lot more people who need help than when I started this than I realized. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just kind of like, I don't ever want to measure our success in numbers because that doesn't that like yeah that's quantifiable and it's great but I'd rather measure our success in like how we've actually affected change which is what I think people what appeals to our community so much we're not very braggadocious we're just kind of sitting there like yeah we do this for other people because we love it type thing sorry that was a really long answer no 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 I love it love it and what would you say are your most proud moments of the girls behind the rock show Oh, I literally, you can hear me in other interviews answer this question. I'm so bad at it. Um, oh God, it's going to sound so corny. And I say this every time and I preface it with it's going to sound so corny every time. But really, just anytime we help someone, that's like a proud moment for me. Because I I started Girls with the intent of like making a difference in people's lives. And the fact that it actually does that is just like... Oh God, I'm going to cry again. Um, it's just it's just the most powerful thing to me. I think if we're really talking though in like spectrums uh, of like tentpole events that have happened, Bonnaroo was the coolest thing that we did as a company. I loved Bonnaroo and the team I went with is great. And there's memories that will last a lifetime for all of us. Um, it was a really great bonding experience. Um, Bonnaroo. Would I do it again in the way we did it? Absolutely not. Would I make everybody get a hotel? Yes. Would we ever camp again? No. But <laughs> but it was a great experience for the first time that we ever really got to have a presence at a festival. Um, also, I think one of the coolest things that we've ever, you know, done is kind of just um Getting to 9,000 and officially being able to say that we are the largest community for young women in music 
was huge. Because there's a lot of communities that encapsulate like the focus on all women in music and moving together completely. But I think one of the reasons why I'm so focused specifically on this like younger age range is because and not knocking anybody's work because all of these women who have been in music are freaking brilliant. And I, and I mentored by and appreciate them all, but there's a really big difference in access nowadays. Like college is so incredibly expensive and there's just such a large divide between the generations who have come before us and how affordable LA was, you know, like you, there was a time when you could have a part-time waitressing job and be an actress and survive in LA. And that's just not a thing anymore. The cost of living is atrocious. And for a lot of people trying to get into the industry, that's the biggest hurdle is being able to like survive. So I think one of the reasons why I'm so focused on this specific demographic is because the game changed. And as that changed, a lot of the things in in all industries, this is like a, you know, industry-wide problem within so many different facets of the world is mm-hmm. the cost of living is now more than the basic minimum wage. Everybody's getting paid. So when you think about that in the creative industry where the competition is already so high, the then that industry starts kind of catering to people who come from a very specific background. And so that's kind of where having this community and seeing all the people who got hired and seeing all the young women coming and saying, I wouldn't have had an opportunity if it weren't for this. This is how I met so-and-so. This is how I met my mentor. It's that those are the proudest moments for me because that means we're actually doing what we set out to do. This is incredible. This is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And another big question that I have for you is, how do you combine running your own company with having the daytime job at the talent agency? Just how? Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I'm still figuring that out. Um, no, I'm really grateful. I- I've lucked out. A lot of the people in my life are supportive of what I do. There's a lot there that I think people would think would be really confusing, but it's actually kind of nice in the way of like, Because of my day job, I'm still in the experience of the people I'm trying to help. So I still can really on like that same level relate to a lot of the issues that they're having or things that they're going through or whatever. And I think that's really helpful in leading girls because I take the things that I see that I have like, you know, just hurdles within my own day to day. And I'm like, okay, so here's something that maybe we we can like think about addressing in the future. Like this is like, I, I, you know, note in the back of my head, but also it's just like, it's nice to be an assistant and be a boss at the same time, because I get to have the experience of, you know, seeing the work that goes into, you know, the work that my boss does. She's working 24 seven. She amazes me. I, I adore her, but we, we get to a point of like, Oh, when I get off my stuff with my day job, I'm like, oh, dang, okay. Now I have to go into boss mode. And it's kind of relieving <laughs> because I get this like almost dichotomy of experience. And it's helpful in the way of 
I'm allowed to kind of live in those two narratives at once. And Mm -hmm. I love that. But there's also some downsides that come with it. It is very taxing. There is a lot of exhaustion. My team, for the first time ever, I took like an actual two-week break last year at one point, and my team was like, you need this. Like you, you have to step away from girls for, for a couple of weeks. Like you just, you can't, you can't be in the chat. You can't be doing like, you really need to take a step back. And it was helpful because I kind of had to learn how to, I am still learning. I'm still learning how to not be so day to day all the time because I am the founder and in my day job, I'm day to day all the time, but in this job, in this role, I'm not. So I have to really find the balance. That's the tough part. And would you say that um, when applying for a day job and when they see that you ha- have your own company, would you say that it helps you to actually show that you're passionate about music industry or it maybe actually scares them and like those who hire you might think that maybe you won't pay the full attention to this job like what is your experience with that i have a job so think it didn't scare this current job away yeah but maybe others i don't know how many jobs you applied i mean i think it just depends on the person it really does just depend on the person and that's in, in hiring and anything like starting your own thing takes a lot of patience and practice and commitment and the ability to keep up that thing while I've had two other corporate jobs before this one, like again, patience, practice, commitment. So with all that being said, I think in my experience, it helped because it showed people that I could like stick with something. Mm -hmm. And that even if there were times where like I wasn't able to find a job, I was still focused on this, that I still had something I was working on it, you know, I think that's helpful in a way, but honestly, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> like, that that's that's honestly a question I've asked myself a thousand times. But um, <laughs> once I get a job, I don't question it. So I'm just like, all right, <laughs> I love this approach. <laughs> um, you have been working for this current talent agency in the branding department for a year now. I talked to you on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, just just over a year. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. Uh, how was your experience with uh, the branding type of things? It's really cool. I love marketing. So being able to work in that capacity is really, really dope. Um, and what are your responsibilities? Uh, uh, everything from invoicing to contracts to you know just just all of it and you know managing um communication between all the teams all that kind of stuff I I do a lot and then like coming up with ideas and it's it's a cool position to be in because it's it's methodic in a lot of ways like talent agency positions are but it is a bit more creative than most talent agency positions and support roles so that makes me really excited and I I love what I do it's it's really cool um I think the benefit of working in something like that is just having you know an inside look to like what people think is next like what's hot what's going on what people care about that's that's the interesting part to me love it yes (laughs) 
what would you say are your life highlights? My life highlights. Whoa, yes. that's a whole question. All right. Um, moving to LA, definitely a life highlight. Has not been the easiest road, but definitely a life highlight. Getting to work with some of my favorite artists has been like super, super cool. Who are they? Uh, okay, so um, there was this band growing up that I absolutely loved called The Rocket Summer, and I got to do this massive interview with him, which was really cool, Um, which was amazing. Like, it was, like, my first six months in L.A., and he and I went to this, like, this whole trail over at um, Fryman Canyon, but we, like, went, like, off the trail onto this little, like, secret area off Fryman and, like, just had all these, like, great photos that we took and, like, we we had this incredible, like, three-hour-long conversation for the interview. It was amazing. Um, so that was probably a high, like, a career highlight just because I loved his music so much growing up. Life highlights for me is, like, getting to, you know, see my little sister graduate college or like you know I have a niece that I haven't met yet because of COVID but she was totally born and I was like I'm so excited about it so like those are like life highlights but I think yeah I just like college was really fun I was really grateful that I I had the friends that I did I'm still very close friends with like most of the people that I was close with back then um to this day life highlights that's so fun I never really think about it like that um but yeah, I'm the type of person who, like, everything's a life highlight. I get excited about <laughs> everything. Like, I get to go to a show. Oh, my God. Like, I like one of the coolest things that I've gotten to do is, like, um, go to a show for one of the bands that I grew up loving. And I'm, I'm not going to name them just because, yeah, but um, their crew has known me since I was, like, a baby child, since I was, like, 15. And I hadn't seen some of them in like, oh my gosh, five or six years. And I went to the show and I showed up and one of them recognized me and goes, oh my gosh, you're so grown up. And I was like, yeah, that's what happens after six years. And he was like, nope. He was like, you're still 15. And he was like, you're not like, and I like ordered a drink at the bar and I've been drinking, you know, legally. I'm 27. And he, he was sitting there like, he's like, no, you're not old enough to do this. Like what? Like you're ordering a drink at the bar. It was very funny. Um, It's one of those moments where you're just kind of like, (laughs) oh, I'm forever going to be a child to you, but also that's really funny. So those are kind of like the little things that, you know, get you excited in life. Yeah, love it. Yeah. And how would you define success for yourself? Ooh. You know, I used to think success was like a number, like a, you know, whatever. Um, But I think for me, it's like, if I feel proud of myself, then I'm successful. Like I define Mm -hmm. success so much more broadly now where it's like, did I do a good job? Did I do the best I could do? Did I know I did the best I could do? And and will I continue to try to improve moving forward and learn from what I've lost? If so, then yes, that's successful. Love it. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any book, movie, and song recommendations for our listeners? Ooh, yes. Okay, so book, especially, especially if you are trying to do, you know, a lot of the work on um, your experience with like anti-racist work and, and things like that, uh, 
Reclaiming Our Space by Feminista Jones uh, is incredible. I got it last summer. I've read it once, but I'm planning on reading it again. Also, there's this um, book that I got last summer that I haven't gotten a chance to read yet, but I've heard nothing but good reviews called The Wicker King by Kayla Ankrum, which is like my goal to read it this weekend. I'm taking off and going on a little excursion by myself to get away from LA for a couple days, and my plan is to read that book. Um, and then TV show recommendations. Uh, my favorite show right now or for the past couple years has been Lucifer. I love that show. I'm also goofy into, I'm trying to get back into my anime because I have a lot of those that I need to catch up on. So I'm trying to watch a couple of those right now. Um, the one that I'm watching is Blue Exorcist, which is good. And then movie. Oh, and also the Wink saga, just like especially if you grew up watching Nickelodeon and you watched Winks, like, yes, have to watch that. Um, and then m- movies. <sighs> I'm a bad movie watcher. I like watch the same five movies <laughs> And over again like uh, space jam is my favorite movie and i watch it like twice a day um but if you've never seen the brandy and whitney houston roger and hammerstein cinderella that is now on disney plus and i highly recommend it it's like oh the voice the vocals in it whoopi goldberg's in it and there's that movie just has everything okay <laughs> like it's got everything great i love that movie and then I think like newer ones, what well, one had me excited this year? I'm really excited for the upcoming Raya and the Lost Dragon, the new Disney animated movie. That one has me hype. Ooh, I may have pronounced that wrong. I don't know. I'm bad with movies, but those are those would be the ones okay. I would recommend. Yeah. And and how about the song? Music. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot like I'm going through like the playlist that I've been playing in my head. So some female artists I'm excited about. Mercy Mercy. I think anything that Blackpink does, you will find me camped out under. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about JoJo's stuff. I'm excited about Benny. Um, I'm excited about just uh oh meet me at the altar oh my gosh super stoked for them um there's this group that i absolutely adore that i get to work with a little bit called uptown boy band uh they're korean canadian and they just put out bops and they're also just really great guys um so yeah those would be like my artist recommendations songs i don't like recommending songs because everybody relates to songs differently so i'm just kind of like here are the artists that i'm listening to you should bump the songs you like Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is your celebrity crush? Oh my goodness! I think my permanent celebrity crush is always going to be Hayden Christensen, who played Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars. Like he's forever my celebrity crush. He was my first locker picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think I have a crush on like like a baby crush on like the K-pop boys, like all of them collectively as a whole, they're all just very funny and I enjoy watching their content. So, (laughs) and then I really 
oh who else is my um brie larson who played captain marvel she's like another major celebrity crush because she's fantastic yeah i think that would probably no um who else is on that list don't forget anybody no i'm not going to hold on there's there's a couple other people oh um is it John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son? He's like also a celebrity crush. Yeah, and then like you know, like the typical, like the Brad Pitts and the George Clooney's. Of course, everybody loves them. Yeah, I think that probably. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. We can't forget him. We can't forget him. Um, and then it's so funny because like celebrity crushes are so weird sometimes. <laughs> you're like oh they're really attractive and then you're like out at a bar in LA and then you're like you see them and you're like oh that's weird <laughs> like, okay. um but yeah I I also think I have a a stupid permanent crush on Miley Cyrus I think that will forever live in my heart but yeah <laughs> those would thank you yeah, thank you for sharing so many crushes <laughs> i know i just love everybody i'm just like oh my god you look adorable i have a crush on you like i'm just like it's like it's like mostly like friend crushes but i'm just like i love all of you and i want to adopt all of you and it's fine um <laughs> uh, what is the most useless talent that you have the most useless talent i'm not a great rapper but i can rap the majority of eminem things i don't know well, why but i taught myself growing up i was like i can do this and and so now i listen to eminem in my car with my friends and i just go off entertain and then, them yeah and then and then they'll be like oh can you do this song and they'll put on like a jay-z or like a Nicki minaj and i'm like i have no idea what they're saying i just for some reason am useless and just and just know eminem raps so there's that i know some Nicki ones too but like for the most part yeah <laughs> Okay, okay. And the last question that I like to end the interview with is who inspires you the most? So my Nana, who passed away in 2010, um, she is the second woman ever inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Um, and she was just, my family has kind of a complicated history, but I was close with her. And she was just like the most inspirational person in my life. Like still to this day, like I think of her for everything. Like I, I literally ask myself in situations, what would Nana do and, and, and go from there. So yeah, probably her. It's so beautiful that you had such an amazing connection with her. Yeah, she was, she was definitely one of the few people who met my energy where it was at growing <laughs> Um, but yeah well Shelby thank you so so much for doing this today I absolutely love what you're doing with Girl, Girls Behind the Rock show I think it's amazing what you're doing I wish you best of luck with your company and it's so great to get to know you <laughs> I'm so happy that we got a chance to record uh, this interview thank you so so much yeah thank you for having me I appreciate it so much and I'm so excited that we reached Russia that's crazy that's so crazy to me I love I love that though and I love 
the the connection from around the world it truly is like mind-boggling but yeah thank you so much thank you 